Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Today we're talking about building cred with authenticity, why being you trumps trying at work. My name's Sam Eddy, I'm an executive career coach and wellbeing trainer and my co-host as always is Katie Walls. She has a background in HR and is a complimentary therapist. Katie, it's great to be with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everyone. So I guess today we're asking the question of the really important question of can you be yourself at work? Um, Are you consistently authentic with everyone you interact with? When we do or say things from a place of wanting to make others happy or be seen as doing a good job, it often comes at the expense of our self-worth. So it can be a tough thing to be yourself at work. Um, Often we hear that line of you've got to be professional at work, you've got to be different to how you are at home. And I guess on a practical level, we do change our perhaps tone, our approach in certain situations. But um, it can be tough to be yourself. So I guess that's what we're talking about today, Katie. Um, And what comes to mind for you when, when when we think about this topic? Yeah, I feel when you when you first started it, the intro is that, that there is so much that is not supporting us to be authentic with all the pictures that we're given of how we should be um, as, a, as a colleague, as a boss, as a manager, as a parent, as a friend, etc. Um, so everything's kind of geared not, not to support that authenticity or the majority of, of what we're fed and what we see even what we see in the media, et cetera, is not necessarily um, supporting that. So I'm looking forward to this conversation this morning and exploring and having a bit of a toolbox um, for people to access more uh, in relation to supporting them being themselves because if we're not, we're actually being drained and it takes a lot of energy not to be yourself rather than actually being yourself. Mm, That's so true. I think that energy factor is huge that um you know if you're not being who you are and you're sort of being really careful with your words you're sort of constantly looking around and and trying to um, think about your perception as opposed to it coming from a really I guess natural or more organic place it can be really as you say draining and, and tiring and or and, and potentially impact how you're perceived, ironically, if you're mm. trying to sort of be perceived one way, but if your energy is not real or you're being drained, you're probably coming across um, not authentically and that's and that's kind of not exactly what you're not trying to do, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's like I, I, I see it as a computer and you've got six programs open running at the whole time and you can feel the drain in your battery and your computer when you do that. And your battery's starting to reduce, so you you go, okay, I'll close a few applications or your iPhone, or um, so it's no different. It take if you're trying to be this way in this conversation, that way in that conversation, you're trying to perceive how people are wanting you to be. You're gauging how much of yourself you can be in certain situations before there's a reaction. You know that that takes a lot. That's a lot going all at once. Plus, then we're not actually responding to what's needed it's like we're creating just as you're saying it's like you create a situation um, in itself when we're approaching that way rather than then being able to be responsive and especially in a work situation if we put ourselves to the side then then we've got the ability more to to actually feel what's needed um, in different group dynamics etc but we can only do that by actually being ourselves, being in that moment putting the personal aspects to the side, but very much staying with what feels true to ourselves. 
in those situations. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and I was just curious of um, when you sort of said something before around, I guess, expectations of perhaps what we should be at work or who we should be. And I was just curious as to your thoughts on where that comes from. From my perspective, um, you know, we, as I sort of mentioned before, we're often told, especially early on in your in your career, I don't know if you had the same experience, but I certainly did. I, I had people that who were really good at their jobs, senior people to me, um, past managers who um, almost told me that, you know, work is professional and I keep social and, um, you know, personal life separate and that's why I'm good at my job and that's sort of my expectation. That sort of was actually ingrained in me early on mm-hmm. and I I started to do that a little bit myself. So I sort of, and I looked it around me and I, I kind of looked, I have to admit this, but I sort of looked down on people who um, perhaps shared more of their personal because that was part of um, that competitive environment I was in, which was pretty full on, hardworking. Um, and that was the trajectory that I was sort of, it was ingrained in me when I first went into the corporate world you know where do you what do you what's your experience Katie with that and where do you think it comes from I can totally relate to that I worked from for very large multinational organizations and every everyone that I I saw was actually going into that kind of profile and was mentored in that way and this is going back quite some time it's definitely shifted um, since then in the the organizations that especially when you see the graduates coming through etc um, but I feel that that's protection, a lot of that. And it can work to a certain extent. That's the thing. You can function that way. You can be successful that way. So I see why it actually has been championed. But to what extent and what's the drain and what's the impact of living that way? I worked with um, a lot of um, you know, top-end managers and they would burn themselves out. And often being in human resources, they'd confide and say, look, the quality of my home life isn't great or the quality of my relationship isn't where I want it to be with my partner because it's work, 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 work. Mm. So we can say that that profile that you've described so beautifully, it actually does work. But what's, what's the impact of that? And how is that person at the end of their career when they're heading towards retirement? What's the quality of their life? What's the quality of their body? What's the quality of their relationships with their kids, with their friends, etc.? Because often when people leave, they don't know who they are because if they've kept themselves in a box and this is how I am at work, well, what happens to that self? And that's when a lot of people have, have like a little mini breakdown or a crisis, etc. So when behind closed doors, when someone's actually being honest and you say, you know, are you really happy? Is it really working for you? That's that's when you start to feel the truth of that profile that we can go into, which is described as a corporate profile. Mm, this is a look. This is such valuable content, for want of a better word, because I think you've really nailed it on the head. Especially, um, you know, perhaps if you're listening and you're starting out in your career early on, and hopefully it's changed um, since the experience I was talking about and what you were talking about too, Katie, I think it certainly has, I think uh, Mm. being yourself and being authentic is much more encouraged now and, and seen to really add value to work, but you're, you're right in that it, you can get a lot of success about when you're a little bit perhaps clinical at work Mm. or you're so driven that you put the personal stuff aside, you can have 
um, that material success or mm. you can potentially reach a, a higher job level, get a promotion, you know, earn more money. But I think it's so important to outline, well, what's the cost? Yeah. As you said, what's the price you're paying? And I loved it how you talked about, well, when you leave work or you finish um your role or you potentially burn out because it's you know you've drained your energy for so long trying Mm. to be in that controlled box of what you think you should be the price is huge and i guess i wonder if the fact that we're seeing so much um so many issues with stress anxiety mental health problems particularly at work i wonder if it's in part due to this um inability for some of us to be authentic and Absolutely. to really be ourselves and, and, the, and the toll it takes. Yeah, from what I've lived so far and what I've seen, I would say it's at the core of that. Um, and, and it's an epidemic uh, worldwide, burnout, fatigue, stress, etc. So, and we can apply that to, you know, whether it's at work, whether it's our relationship with our partner, are we actually really being authentic and showing that person all of who we are or do we measure that and and from an adrenal exhaustion point of view that's exactly it if we're not being who we are we have to then put a lot of strain on ourselves to be something and then the body's working kind of in opposition to how it's normally naturally made to work so we'll look at other things and that that's Often when people go, I'm just not shifting this because I I just, I'm feeling tired all the time. I don't know. I've tried different foods. I've tried this. I've tried going to bed earlier, but it's still just an underlying issue because as we said before, it's like having a few computer programs running at the same time. And as you start to close those down and be more of who you are, it's not taxing the body as much. But uh, yeah, I I totally agree with um, what you're offering. Mm. Um, it just made me think of um, a lot of experiences um, in the LGBTIQ community as well. Um, a lot of people talk about coming out and um, the journey prior to coming out, either at work or telling people about perhaps who they are or who they feel they are authentically. Um, and the drain that has, um, they often talk about that experience or the drain of having to compartmentalize their life both personally and professionally and be completely different or hide aspects of their life, actively hide aspects of their life, both at home at work and and how it drains um, over time. And of course, um, we know in that community, the incidences of mental health problems is really high. And perhaps for that reason, so it's, um, and that, and that to me is a really stark example of, of what we're talking about here and, and the problems of not being yourself and, and what they can have and, and how they can put walls up and limit your relationships, your interactions. Um, and then the quality of work can start to deteriorate because we're not really connecting on that level. There's these sort of inv- invisible barriers that sort of prop up around us and it just makes life really tough. Yeah, absolutely. And if we've been working a whole life that way just as you've described and feel that and a, a big component of it is that we don't feel actually we're enough then just being who we are and we have to then put on the profile or put on the hat or whatever however you want to describe it but it's like well someone has to go first as well and if you are working in an organization where that could be quite strong 
it's not as though we're wearing a heart in our sleeve and and then bringing all our personal issues to work. That's not what we're talking about. And that's often if we've experienced that, you know, people can go, well, I, I don't want that. But there's a way of being the person who we are and connecting to each other that way first and then bringing that quality into the boardroom. Mm. And then it actually, because all of our clients, they're people first. And we sometimes forget that and we go into the importance of a project. But when we're, if we're pitching for a campaign or whatever it is, we're all people. So if we ignore that connection element, we're actually not utilizing a really valuable tool in business, no matter what the profession is that we're working in. It's so true. And I think, I, I mean, I can certainly relate to that. When you're really connected on a human level with someone, um, at work, whether it be a you know potential client or a colleague, you really enjoy the interaction. It's really authentic. It's really inspiring. It's engaging, and it kind of they're the, they're the experiences that really make you enjoy the work. You collaborate better. Totally, um, we're innovative. We're creative. We have fun. You have fun. Like work can be fun. You can enjoy it and go. You know what? That's amazing. We started here, and then we ended up brainstorming and expanding. And from group contribution, ended up with a much more expansive mm. approach in the end. And and if I if I look at it, um, Sam, just being, having the opportunity to work with you, I can remember when we first started, there was a little bit of that, and and then we just dropped that, and we felt you know a common goal with what we were wanting to offer people, and then it totally expanded our conversations, and then the questions. I don't know what you're talking in. about. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, so it works. It works. It does. It's amazing. It does. And I, I just I look forward to it and I go, great, I get to speak to Sam tomorrow and I'm going to learn heaps from each other because we just keep, you know, keep offering and see where it goes. We're not holding it's back. It's so true. And it's, um, and I guess, I think it's it, what you're saying, it just, I can sort of feel it as you're talking around just the relaxation and the joy and the excitement mm. and all the benefits that come with it. And that's just great for our health because, you know, your nervous system's calming down, the adrenaline levels are, you know, dying off um, and you're really feeling calm and well within yourself when you have these interactions. So yeah. look, the benefits are huge and it really does impact your well-being. It what sustains us and what keeps us going and makes us happy and it's really one of those huge win-win scenarios yeah. if we can master it. Yeah, and from experiencing that, it's, it's just like that. Well, if we offer that quality and if someone else is going, hey, I like that, I like that way of working or I like that opportunity in a friendship, etc., then it's like a platform that's there. And then if you're both saying, yeah, let, let's just continue. And it's not as though we're del- you know, diving into a whole lot of personal issues or anything like that. It's not. It's just saying, great, let's be transparent. And let's see what we can, yeah, where we can go with that. I think that that, that whole issue of um, sharing all your personal issues, because some people uh, or some experiences are that, well, if I've got to be you know, my full self at work, then, you know, I'm sharing all my problems, as you said. Um, and that's not, I guess, no. what we're talking about here. It doesn't mean you can't obviously be yourself. And if you've got some issues on at home, it doesn't mean you can't find a trusted colleague and share and, um, just to reduce a bit of tension, but it's not about sharing, you know, every um, problem that's going on for you every single day, um, because that's not going to help you either in the long run. So I think that you're right. That's a real important distinction because often um, we might see examples of that happening, 
Mm. Um, and that can put us off because so we, think, we think we've got to share everything. Exactly. And then we go, I don't want to be like that or I didn't like yeah. that conversation I just had. I don't want that. And then you go the complete opposite way. But, you know, if, if you've been all up all night with a, a, a sick child, et cetera, you know, and and there's that opportunity just for for that offering. If you're talking to someone to say, yeah, you know, a little bit tired, I've been up all night. Um, that also brings the opportunity for people to support in certain situations as well. And that's that human aspect of you know we do live life, we do have things going on, and it also allows people then to to be a bit more true with what's happening for them as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So so that that is supportive. And, and yeah, and I think it's um, you know true in that if you are sharing, you know, if if you if you're listening, perhaps in your having feeling the need to share, perhaps all the perhaps the difficulties that you're experiencing in life, it can be a flag for you or a reminder to go. So why why do I have that need to sort of you know, why am I experiencing all these difficulties? Number one, and and why. Um, why do I have all these difficulties that I need to share all the time? It can be a flag or a reminder to go, perhaps there's stuff that needs to be, you know, dealt with or resolved in your life um, to help you be happier and, and so you're not experiencing these difficulties as much. And that can be a good reminder or a way to sort of bring yourself into awareness and go, okay, what's going on that I'm experiencing a lot of difficulties over and over or problems and, and what's a way I can start to perhaps actually tackle these so that um, they're not playing on my mind. They're not also draining my energy. Um, and then I can, then the real me can come out um, underneath all that, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And I'm listening to people express when they've really enjoyed um, interactions at work. Um, it is often when someone's going first in that area of being more real and um, I was listening to someone yesterday uh, just talking to a client and she totally met them as a person first and then they started to talk more openly about what was happening for them with this particular project, etc. And you could just feel the, um, you know, that that person may not have been supported that way before. And then where they got to at the end of that conversation really helped the whole division. But it was because she was just, it was as though she was just talking to a friend. But there was there was a really, um, a, a lot of respect and a lot of holding in the conversation. Um, you know, mm. whereas if you just go in and, and you're, you're thinking you've put the hat on already of this is how I need to be in this conversation rather than feeling where that person's at and what might be coming up for them. And as you say, what what issues or aspects are there? Um, you know, it's, so I suppose what, what we're also saying is that it's actually, it's listening and it's being available and it's then responding rather than having a set, because we often do this, we go into work mode, a set yeah. way of being <laughs> and, and responding so that we're not actually giving someone the opportunity to be listened to and then to respond accordingly because that's part of being authentic is being yes, in the moment, yes. not having a calculation of, of how you want the conversation to go or, you know, I've only got five minutes, I've got to get to this other meeting, so, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really available. I'm not really here in this conversation. I think that's such an important point and we always talk about this probably in, in most of the topics that I'll, the whole idea of present moment awareness 
and being really present and being conscious and being available in the moment because and i i think it's worth pointing out that we say it because it is such a powerful tool that if you can bring yourself into the moment um, with conscious awareness you're less you less have an agenda as you kind of hinted before katie you're not you're not always assuming what people are going to say. You're not um, already prejudging situations at work, for example. You're really able to listen, to learn, to hear people uh, without having, you know, knowing what you're going to say next, for example. And it has a really you know, beautiful calming effect on yourself when we are present and we are fully aware. But um, we then are really able to, f- to properly collaborate with our colleagues, but also, you know, be authentic at home. Um, so I think that's a really great tool, that um, idea of perhaps being more mindful, practicing mindfulness, um, ensuring that you're, dis- you're having a disconnection from work, you're looking after your well-being, you're going to the gym regularly, you're doing whatever you need to do to disconnect from work because that helps bring you into the moment so that you are able to be conscious, to be authentic in relationships. You know, if you're really busy at work and you're feeling tired and stressed, as we often talk about, you know, going for a walk for 15 minutes can be something simple on a practical level that you can do, get outside, go for a walk, come back, and then you're refreshed and you're more likely then to be present in the moment. Mm. And then work isn't hard because you're, you're there. And I was just thinking too when you were talking about that is the more authentic someone is in the office, the more enjoyment it brings. There's an office that I, I work in quite often and, um, you know, there's someone who's got an amazing sense of humour and it's really quirky and it's really cute and it just, the way she is with clients when they call in, it just breaks whatever tension mm. they're going through and she's got a real gift at that. Now, if she wasn't being authentic and bringing that, which is quite different to everyone else in the office, then everyone misses out. And there's a few other characteristics of other people as well. And I just listen to it and I go, oh, God, I love it when they do that. That's so yes. cool. And it's quite different to me. <laughs> but I love that quality because I don't have that quality, but that really supports the office. And we talk about office dynamics when it can be tense. We need something to help cut that. And, you know, she'll pick up the phone and just be so quirky in, in a really great way. It's not over the top. It's, it's just very, very beautiful. And then the support that brings to that whole office space is huge. So if we're not allowing our individual qualities, we all miss out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, it just makes me think as you're talking about that example of you know, someone being really authentic um, and potentially free at work. Mm. I mean, what do we, if you find yourself in a role and all, and we often hear about this, that you perhaps you've been in a role for a long time, you're sort of lost in the day to day, the drudgery of some of the things that you have to do at work. Mm. Um, and perhaps you're realizing, gee, I don't know if I'm really being myself or you're perhaps finding it at work a bit boring repetitive stressful and you just haven't you know you're not sure how to then step out of that mode I mean what do you recommend that people do to try and really you know be themselves and and, and have give themselves permission to do or be who they are at work I reckon most people can relate to what you've said yeah. <laughs> either currently <laughs> present or at different times in their life so I reckon we've covered it all <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so okay when I when I started going I don't work work to feel like work and I I I can feel that there's so much more of me that I'm not bringing um exactly as we've talked about in this conversation with looking after myself 
and everything that you were saying before, Sam, in relation to I had to start with me so that I'd be more present, more available. I looked at how I was eating, what was working for me, what wasn't working for me, you know, when I was, how much sleep I was getting at night. Um, I looked at enriching my relationships personally um, and then saw the benefit of all of that. It's like we've got to start with ourselves. And quite often we want to blame all the external aspects that are putting pressure and creating tension. And we can live our whole life like that because there's a lot of them. Or we can go, you know what, I want this to stop. I want this to shift. I don't want to come home from work exhausted at the end of the day. I don't want to not have energy within myself to play with the kids and and to um, have conversations with our partners, etc. Then we need to start shifting things first with us and how we're looking after ourselves. And then it, it does relate quite closely to self-worth. We've got to start valuing who we are and what we bring Otherwise, just like this beautiful person in the office I was mentioning, she wouldn't let that quirkiness out because it's different to everyone else. Whereas everyone yes. admires her for that and goes, that is gorgeous. I love it when you do that. So we need to first, because we have different qualities to each other and what often happens in the workplace is we mirror what's going on around us, but we're all doing that then. And then we're all living something that's not authentic, but we've created it as a group. So then yes. you've got to go, you know what? This sucks. I know that there's so much more joy to live here. So I'm going to start. So I started playing with it. Baby steps, baby steps. Started to be more me. Started to bring, say, hey, my conversation with so-and-so shouldn't be different than it is with so-and-so. So why am I contracting in that situation? And started then offering more of me. And then you start to feel people gravitate towards that. They start to let down that protection as well. And no expectations or anything, but it's it's really interesting to start to play with. Feel what works for you. Feel what doesn't work for you. But bringing more of that, yeah, authenticity and little step by little step, then, yeah, you start to feel things shift. You start to get more enjoyment out of what you're doing and start to have more, yeah, energy at the mm. end of the day. How about you, Sam? Gosh, I mean, there's, there's so, so much... Um... So much good advice in there, Katie, and it made me think that you know if you really if you're realizing you're in perhaps a bit of a rut, yeah. I can describe it that way. It is a symptom of perhaps um, other things going on because we know, as always, everything's connected in life. And the way you talked about how you start to go, oh, okay, well, what's going on? What am I eating? How am I day to day? How are my stress levels? How busy am I? How's a family? we have to take um, a holistic approach to this. We hear about that term a lot from the holistic approach, but it's true because just say you've got, you know, a huge amount of tension at home, perhaps in a relationship, it's going to make it very, very difficult for you to be authentic and be open and free at work unless that tension's resolved in some form or you've been able to reduce it. Um, you know, if there's, you know, you're caring for people, parents or kids, um, and you're constantly drained, perhaps you need a circuit breaker to help you with that some more support because that's, again, going to impact how you are at work. If, you, if your sleep's constantly poor, you've got some chronic health issues, I guess it's important to think about all those components, really, to really help free you up to be yourself mm. at work. So it creates I think more space, um, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It's such it's so important. And I think... Um, we had a you know a chat before we came online. We talked about purpose and passion, um, and one of the other elements of this for me is 
if you've been at work for a while and you're lost in the day to day, there um, it can be hard to find out what you're passionate about, or you, we can forget why we came to a role in the first place, or why we are in the industry we're in. So, if we're looking after our well-being and we're disconnecting from work, um, we can then start to, when stress levels are low, we can be more creative, uh, and we can start to then think about work perhaps in a more creative way and go, well. What is it I'm really passionate about? Why, why did I come to this role in the first place? We could start to look at our values perhaps and go, well, what's important to me from a values perspective? Is it the social interaction at work? Is it making a contribution I'm happy with? What sort of industry do I want to be working in? And we can kind of reconnect with our values so we can go, oh, actually, there's aspects in my job that I've, I've, I can actually do more of that I really love. It helps me accept the bits that I find a bit boring. Or it might mean that, gee, actually there's something new I want to try and I can start to put in, put in steps place, put steps in place to explore that a bit more. So you're really sort of also taking control of your career and stepping back, assessing it and going, okay, well, what, are, what do I really want? What do I enjoy? Because if we're doing stuff we enjoy, again, it's also much easier to be passionate about it because we're talking from a a place of authenticity. Absolutely. And I, lo- I love what you're saying. Look, every job has aspects that can be more mundane than others or perhaps that we, yeah, we, we don't enjoy as much as others. And that's where, as you were saying, it really helps to go, okay, but if I look at the bigger picture of the purpose of why I'm doing these aspects, meaning it could be, you know, this, it, it provides this for colleagues or in the workplace, you know, I'm supporting staff in this way then it helps with it because you're bringing that purpose to why you're doing it and then yeah it, it, it's it's as though that repetition doesn't matter anymore because you're feeling why you're doing it like the bigger picture and why you're doing it and sometimes we do need to go there and, and call that in and go yep great it's not just about whether I like this or not or whether I enjoy this or not this is what I'm offering and the quality I want to offer is this so therefore connecting to that purpose helps as well and, and for us to be more of ourself in, in what we're doing too. I just want to ask you, Sam, what did you or what's really helped you to be more authentic? Um, look, look, so much of what you were saying resonated with me that um, really coming to terms with my own well-being first and foremost um, and really getting that aspect right, sort of figuring out what I love about life, um, what I'm passionate about, but I had to do it by ensuring I was well first. So reducing the busyness in my life, um, not sort of um, just hanging on for the weekend, so to speak, and kind of realising that I'm starting to feel the tension that was perhaps in me um, for a long period of time and and realising that focus and, and perhaps the toll it was taking on me, listening to my body and, getting sort of sick fairly often just with, you know, everyday things, mm. trying to really use those or bring myself into awareness with those aspects of my life and go, hang on, you know, I'm suffering here. So what's, you know, what do I do to then, um, you know, deal with those issues? And then that helped me really sort of get off that that treadmill of busyness um, and then start to really start to enjoy the moment a bit more. So I was kind of using the tension actually or the suffering in my life um, you know, a while back to start to, to get into this journey. And, and whilst it can be tough at times, when you perhaps we realise how busy we are, um, the benefits can be huge because you can use that as a tool to really reconnect with yourself. 
And I'm so glad you did because you're an awesome person. So we get more of that. <laughs> no, how about you? And how about you, Katie? I mean, what it, you've talked a bit before about it. Yeah, as I was saying before, it, it's just life is so much richer from putting in place and working and like it's a daily thing to go, okay, what can I learn about where I'm contracting or where I don't feel as confident and, and just to keep developing that. And then, yeah, life just keeps getting richer and richer. And, yeah, my health's improved hugely. I used to, going back, you know, 20 years, I really would feel exhausted at the end of the week. I was getting sicker, the same type of things. And I thought, I'm going to mm-hmm. have chronic fatigue if I don't start shifting this and, and, and burnout. And I was seeing that in my colleagues. I was seeing it in the partners in the, in the corporation. And then, as I said, those conversations um, behind the scenes of, of going, hey, you know what? what's being put on facade here it 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 works to a certain extent and you can get through life that way but at what impact and mm. and what's the cost because families either getting less relationships are getting less etc and then you start to see someone who's built their whole worth on how they are at work go i don't really know who i am and that's a scary place to be So we can start working on that now to go, hey, I don't want to, when I choose to retire, to go, okay, I'm just filling in time or who am I or um, when the kids leave the family and if we've identified as being a father or a mother and and then it's like, who am I? So we can start working on all that now and it's not a big deal and we can learn from each other as well. And what that brings to workplaces and the quality of projects and the quality of what we're doing and even to... Um, you know, less um, sick days for people and all of that. Well, yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to support people that way. So feeling what your purpose is, which is far greater than just tasks, is um, hugely beneficial. And by being ourselves with that, it's a win-win. Well, totally. And, look, you know, perhaps that's a a really great place to finish. And it just made me think, um, you know, if you're listening, we've talked about a lot of themes. Katie just mentioned Mm -hmm. about learning more there. And and if you've been listening to our podcast, make sure you check out our other podcast because we talk a lot about well-being, things to do to reduce stress, to look after your whole self. We've talked a little bit about food in the past. Um, things like self-sabotage. So make sure you listen. You have a listen to our other podcasts because a lot of the themes we've talked about here, we go into a deep dive on others. Um, and, of course, if you do have any questions, um, please email them through to us at info at parentsatwork.com.au. Any questions or even thoughts about topics that you want to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Katie, was there any final words from you? Yeah, no, I feel there's there's a lot and I love exactly. There's a great toolbox in all the different podcasts. So yeah, if if it resonated and if you go, I want to hear more about this or that, have a look at the different topics, as you've said, Sam. And um, yeah, we'd we'd love to hear from you if there's anything else you'd like to explore um, in, in themes or questions. So yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Well, you know, great to chat as always, Katie. Yeah, and we and we look forward to, um, you know, hopefully um, having everyone on board again for the next Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Thank you very much.